Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to Top Stories. I'm Andy Zaltzman. Do you remember 2012? Well, yes, of course you do. What a year it was. However, it wasn't all good, because in mid-August, we had to cope with the end of London 2012. The best London 2012 of all time. Here I am with John Oliver in Bugle 204, entitled, What the Feck? Top story this week! South Korea's president has controversially visited a Japanese island in a move which is set to increase diplomatic tensions over disputed territory. Uh, actually, hold on a second, Andy. Hold on. <laughs> Just kidding, Andy. Did you honestly think it was going to be anything else other than the Olympics? As Samuel Johnson once wrote, Andy, when a man is tired of the London Olympics, he is a... King asshole, Andy. <laughs> Samuel Johnson was right then, and he is even righter now. Final Olympics update now. Oh, Andy, it's it's nearly over. I know. So it's very, on, very difficult. It's going to be very difficult. I'm going to need a lot of support and help. On Sunday. The Olympics will have a closing ceremony and both Britain and Britain's own Andy Zaltzman will (laughs) stare into the void of nothingness before gleefully awarding themselves the gold medal for having an existential crisis. (laughs) I I personally can't recall a point in my lifetime, Andy, when Britain has been this happy. No, I'm not sure there has ever been. I think this is it. I think we've maxed out. I think, yeah, I I can only judge. Yeah, Queen Victoria streaked through Hyde Park on her... But, so, but not as many people saw that, Andy. No, she didn't have not. the ratings. <laughs> that was a word-of-mouth thing, and you can't describe the glory of seeing Queen Victoria wheezing and sweating her way <laughs> naked, <laughs> touching a tree and then running back home. <laughs> it sounds amazing, but it yeah. looked sensational. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Britain has ever... has. 
I think you're right. I think that this is the happiest Britain has ever been and probably ever will be. Yeah. At least until we get awarded the 2018 World Bowls Championships. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's been phenomenal. And as we said last week, it's all these people working for nothing. People going to see sports they simply don't understand. It's yeah. This is the future for our nation, John. Just we just need joy yeah. in the simple things in life. The simple things like equestrian dressage. <laughs> well, I mean that that's a good point. I mean we've been winning gold medals all over the place. The most important of which was just yesterday when Britain, as you mentioned, won gold in the dressage in a huge. F- you to Mitt Romney because as we, as we mentioned last week one of Mitt Romney's horses Rafalka was competing in the dressage making him the first American presidential candidate to actually own an Olympic athlete I believe uh, <laughs> since Thomas Jefferson who uh, once owned a 400 metre hurdler called Trevor but the less said about that the better <laughs> the point is that Romney came over to England Andy and he said the Olympics would be terrible and so we sat back knowing that we had the opportunity to hit him where it really hurts, by beating his stupid horse <laughs> in the stupid horse dancing. And I think when we accepted our gold medals in the dressage, Andy, the athletes should have just each raised a middle finger on the podium into the air <laughs> just to drive the point to Romney that he and his horse are both a bunch of f***ing losers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've now proved ourselves to have the danciest horses in the whole yes. of the horseiverse. And no one prances better. No. And that's been, I mean, it's probably one of the greatest achievements in British British history. I think it's up there with uh, you know, Faraday inventing uh, whatever he invented. What was it? <laughs> the uh, toast, toasted sandwich maker, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, Is I think it was. Breville. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, the Breville machine. <laughs> <laughs> Since we last recorded uh, a full bugle, uh, as listeners to my Londonian 5772 Nemean Games micro bugles will know, I've seen Usain Bolt run... The semis and finals of both 100 and 200 metres, John. And I think I mean, it's been an amazing thing to see. And I think that it has laid to rest any lingering disputes over whether or not Usain Bolt is a fast man. I think, I think those arguments are now over. And it was amazing to be at the centre of the sportiverse for those 10 magnificent seconds. The fastest a group of men have ever run in a straight line, at least since Henry VIII said, now which of you guys has got a daughter who could do a job as my third wife whilst playing <laughs> keepy uppy with Anne Boleyn's head? <laughs> and on Thursday, last night, as we record, I saw the 200 metre final when Bolt, perhaps John inspired by your rant against Michael Phelps and his claims to be the greatest ever Olympian on last week's Bugle, put himself right in contention uh, at at the top of the list of greatest ever Olympians by retaining both sprint titles alongside the likes of Phelps, Carl Lewis, Nadia Comaneci, Jesse Owens and champion the Wonder Horse <laughs> who took gold in equestrian dressage and show jumping in 1952 and 56 before taking <laughs> gold in the men's 400 metre hurdles in Rome in 1960 before being disqualified after his urine tested positive for being a horse. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it was amazing. Paul, first man ever to retain both sprint titles. Uh, Jesse yeah. Owens was denied that opportunity um, by a range of factors. Firstly, the 1940 <laughs> Olympics being postponed due to Hitler being a very naughty man. And also by the fact that he had his amateur status withdrawn soon after the 36 Olympics by the US Athletics Authorities after taking up some commercial endorsement offers. And therefore, he was unable to compete in any future Olympics had they happened. So I think it's fair to say that Owens... It's not quite get the re- rewards for success that Bolt <laughs> can expect now. Bolt presumably mm-hmm. already doing quite well financially out of being the fastest man in the history of anything, one of the greatest showmen in the history of sport and a lifelong fan of Visa cards. Whereas Jesse Owens did not even receive a well-done-and-thank-you telegram from President Roosevelt. And when, <laughs> when he was given 
a reception in his honour in New York City after the 36 games at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. He, he was given this, this uh, reception in his honour. He had to take the freight elevator up to that reception because he was black. Is that true? That is true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is Holy shit. Shows how, uh, how much progress has been made thanks to people like him. Also, how slow America was out of the blocks in that particular race. <laughs> Yes. And Owens ended up trying to make a living by racing against horses. Mm. Yeah. And he said, uh, this is a quote from him, he said, people said it was degrading for an Olympic champion to run against a horse, but what was I supposed to do? I had four gold medals, but you can't eat four gold medals. Oh. He didn't follow up by saying, at least not at once. Um, (laughs) And also, I reckon you could probably give it a go. You know, mash them up into some squelched up potatoes, maybe a bit of gold leaf in a soup or on a pavlova, or chunk it down into peanut butter. I guess the greater problem is you can eat four gold medals, but they're not very nutritious. That's right. And you'd need some industrial equipment to whittle them down to swallowable-sized bits that wouldn't kill you as you attempt to digest them. But I guess his point his point does stand. I think he's got to be up there, John. He's Michael Johnson's greatest ever Olympian, Jesse Owens still. But I think Bolt is now... He's up on that podium. He's got to be up there. The big story, as you mentioned, the big track and field story of the week is uh, that Usain, I am f***ing fast, Bolt, <laughs> is still f***ing fast. I mean, what, what, was it, what was it like seeing a man moving that quickly in the flesh, Andy? It must be quite weird. It, it is quite weird. It's all over very quickly. And it's an amazingly, it was an amazingly intense emotional experience to you know, be at you know, just the greatest sporting event in the world. Basically, 10 yeah. seconds out of every four years. As I said on the the, the Micro Bugle podcast, yeah, the, it is as simple as sport gets. You know, get from here to here in a straight line faster than anyone else. And uh, it's just, uh, it is a phenomenal visual feast that you can't quite take in when you're watching it. But, you know, um, so you've seen him four times, yeah. Andy. Uh, that equals almost to the tenth of a second you've seen him run for 60 seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in terms of pounds per minute, pounds per second that I've spent on watching yeah. Usain Bolt, he's doing pretty well out of it. But I would say those pounds were well spent. Yeah. I think, well, one of the interesting things they're embarrassing you with that started to creep into the 100-metre final is that each competitor is now doing a little opening dance or gesture <laughs> as the camera introduces them. And I'm all for this, Andy. Justin Gatlin did a weird backwards and forwards walk and Usain Bolt did a little mime of a DJ scratching before pointing both fingers towards the finish line, which he was about to move towards very fast quickly indeed. Now, clearly these opening mimes are getting extremely popular. I think it's important that lots of imagination goes into taking them to the next level from now on. Well, here we go, the 100 metre final in lane one. It's Asafa Powell of Jamaica. There he is miming, whisking together eggs and flour in a bowl. I think he's making some kind of cake. He's, he's popped it in the oven. Now he's miming, taking it out. He's acting like it's very hot and he's offering the other races a slice. Super stuff. In lane two, it's Tarandri Martin of the Netherlands. He's miming reading Great Expectations by <laughs> Charles Dickens. Seems to be really enjoying it, but no, he's fallen asleep with it on his stomach. Uh, Chirandi looks nice and loose there. In lane three, Justin Gatlin of the United States. Justin is giving us a kabuki dance interpretation, telling the story of the 47 Ronin who tracked down their enemy in exact revenge upon him before committing seppuku as required by their code of honour. A moving performance. That's classic Gatlin. He could be dangerous today. In lane four, it's Richard Torpedo Thompson of Trinidad.
Trinidad and Tobago. He's frozen still, acting like one of those street statue artists. I think he's trying to be the Churchill statue from outside Parliament. Don't really get that one. Doesn't really work for me. In lane five, it's Usain Bolt. He has put up a white screen and he's doing some shadow hand puppetry, showing himself <laughs> beating a giraffe in a race. Always something new from Bolt. Uh, next to him in lane six, it's Johan Blake. Blake is acting like he's trapped in a box. Now he's signalling there's no air in that box and he's dropped dead to the floor in asphyxiation. <laughs> and finally, in lane seven, it's Ryan Bailey of the United States who is prancing around like a dressage horse with Tyson Gay in lane eight on his back wearing a top hat. So with all the sprinted introductions over, this is set up to be a sensational race. <laughs> Before the 200-metre final, Bolt was uh, basically trying to chat up the w- the woman who was monitoring his blocks, and to, he, <laughs> I didn't see he mimed unplugging the full start mechanism. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Oh, that's that's awesome! But it must be so intimidating to have this before you know the most yeah. important sporting event of your life. Your prime competitor dicking around <laughs> well, like yeah, a I'm, child. That is I the greatest this. psychological warfare in history. We should have tried that with the Germans <laughs> in the First World War. Instead of looking all serious-faced at the Battle of the Somme, we should have come over the top and just started, like, breakdancing. <laughs> oh, I think it was at the World Championships. It was at a, certain, a meet uh, about a year ago when uh, he was at the 100-metre start line and uh, the camera came across him. He looked to his left, shook his head. <laughs> Looked to his right, shook his head, pointed at himself, and nodded his head. (laughs) (laughs) And I think basically the entire crowd fundamentally agreed with him. (laughs) Thank you, Buglers. The Bugle will return in full form next week to tackle the latest year in this absolutely ridiculous millennium. Our glossy magazine sister publication, The Gargle, returns this week. Catch Alice & Co. wherever you get your podcasts. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you you must be so excited. Listen now.